you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to two places, both in the Gospel of Matthew. Turn to Matthew chapter 28 and Matthew 22. Matthew 28 and Matthew 22. And we are currently in a series that we're calling Be the Church. And in this series, what we're looking at is we're looking at what is a church and what is a church supposed to be doing. When we look into the New Testament and we see the word church, uh, what does the word church mean? Is it a building? It's not just a building. The word church in the New Testament is translated from the Greek word ekklesia, which basically just means an assembly of people. And so specifically to a Christian church, we're talking about a group or an assembly of Christian believers gathering together. So a church is not the building, but the church is talking about the people that meet inside of the building. And so the church is people. So Spring River Assembly of God is not this building, but Spring River Assembly of God are the people that gather inside of this building. And so Spring River Assembly of God can meet either in this building or can meet at another location, and they are still Spring River Assembly of God. We're still the church. And so also, what for a church, what is a church supposed to be doing? And that is the mission of the church. What is the uh, mission? And a mission is just a task or a job uh, that is given to do. So when we look at the mission of this group, this gathering, this ecclesia of believers, what is it that the believers are supposed to be doing? As a, as a church, what is it that we are supposed to be doing? Well, Jesus gave us the mission that we're supposed to be doing. We find it in Matthew chapter 28, the last two verses, and Jesus says this, he says, Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we find the mission there is to make disciples. That's the overarching mission that Jesus has given us to make. Along with that, the, we call that the Great Commission, Jesus has also given to the church as disciples, as believers, he's given to us the Great Commandments. And we find that in Matthew 22, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So in these two passages, the Great Commission and the Great Commandments, we find here the mission of the church and the ways to accomplish the mission. The overarching mission of the church is to make disciples. Everything that we do as a church should go towards that mission. Everything that we do in fellowship, everything that we do in discipleship, everything that we, we do in outreach and, and evangelism, all of those things accomplishes the task of making disciples. And we have taken the, 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 those, uh, those 
ways to accomplish the mission, and we have, have put those into four words that we use here, connect, grow, serve, and go. And last message, we talked about connecting with God. And so the connect aspect of this is two phases, connecting with God and connecting with others. And so last time we talked about connecting with God. Today we're going to talk about connecting with others. Disciples of Jesus are not only to connect with God, but also to connect with others as well. Now, maybe you have heard this before, maybe you have said this before, but I've heard people from time to time say, you know, my faith, it's a personal thing, and I don't need anyone else. Or they'll say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Or they'll say, I can worship God at home or wherever I am. I don't need help from anyone else to do that. I don't have to go to a building to do that. And although that is true, it is true that we are saved, that our individual, our personal faith is what in Jesus Christ is what saves us. It was never God's intent that we would just be a bunch of individual believers spread all out around the world, just worshiping and serving God all alone. In fact, it's just the opposite. And that's why it's so important for you to connect with others in the body of Christ. In fact, the success of your spiritual life depends on it. Now, not only does connecting with others help you in your spiritual life, it actually is helpful for your physical and your emotional and your mental uh, health as well. Now, there is a growing epidemic in our culture, and it's this, it's loneliness. Now, you would think that with all of the technological advances that we have with social media, with email, with texting, uh, with all of those things that, that we are, we can connect with somebody literally around the world in a few moments via texting, via email, via social media, via uh, uh, Skype or FaceTime. I mean, through all of those things, in a, in a moment, we can connect with people. And you would think it would give the appearance that we are, are growing and that we are, we're actually closer together than ever before, but the statistics actually says that we are more lonely than ever before. I mean, consider some of these things related to loneliness, some statistics about loneliness and, and how loneliness affects our, our physical and our mental and emotional uh, health. Loneliness is as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness is worse for you than obesity. Lonely people are more likely to suffer from dementia, heart disease, and depression. And loneliness is likely to increase your risk of death by 29%. And loneliness is not just bad for your spiritual life, it's also bad for your physical, mental, and emotional life as well. And that makes it even more important for believers to connect together with others regularly. And we see it stressed throughout the Bible that connecting with God was part of God's plan from the very beginning. I mean, when you go all the way back to the very beginning when God created the earth and created Adam in the garden, when God created Adam and he, he created all the animals and he gave Adam a job to, to name all the animals to take care of the, the garden and everything, and then after all, all of that had happened and, and he had named all the animals, God says this, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Why did God create Eve? So that Adam would not be alone. 
and God did that before sin entered into the world. And if God knew that it wasn't good for Adam to be alone before sin entered into the world, how much more now do we need one another now that sin has entered into the world? It's been God's plan all along that you would not have to go through life alone. And His desire is that you go through life connected with others through friendships, through relationships. You see examples of it all throughout the, new, the, uh, throughout the Bible, all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. I mean, think about Jesus in the Gospels, when, when, uh, uh, in, the, in, in the Gospels that there, the Son of God, uh, He came to this earth for a mission to seek and to save the lost. And His mission was to see people be saved and grow in their relationship with God. And at the end of his time on earth, Jesus was going to give the disciples this great commission that we read a minute ago to make disciples. And in order to do that, he, dis- he, he modeled that behavior. He showed them what to do and how to do it. And he didn't have a discipleship journal. He didn't say, hey guys, here's a, here's a book on how to make disciples and, and take this and read it. It's a textbook and, and put it into place. I mean, he didn't have that. Uh, he actually had to show them how to make disciples. And how did he do that? By calling disciples to himself. Scripture tells us in the Gospels that as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Jesus called them to follow him. He called them to be with him, to spend time with him. And so Jesus does that with all of his disciples. He assembles a group of men whom he asked to follow him, and they followed him. For three to three and a half years, these men followed Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They they sat around listening to Jesus teach. They, They ministered with Jesus. And not only did the twelve get to interact and connect with Jesus, they also had to talk to each other too. They had to interact with one another. They did not just grow closer to Jesus by being around him and and interacting and and spending time with Jesus, but they actually also grew closer to one another because they spent those three to three and a half years with each other as disciples as well. The disciples, they experienced everything together. I mean, they ate together, they, they, they hung out together, they listened to Jesus, ministered. I mean, they did all those things together with Jesus. They got to experience the highs and the lows of life together. When things were going well, they got to celebrate together. When things weren't going so well, they were able to walk through those times together. And if you're going to be a growing disciple, you have to both connect with God and you have to connect with others. If that's the way that Jesus did it, who are we to think that we could do it any differently? Then you go into the early church. After Jesus uh, goes back to heaven, And uh, he turns the reins over to the disciples. Uh, He tells the disciples after the the ascension, he tells them to go and to wait in Jerusalem until they've received the power from on high. So for 10 days, they are, are continually praying together, spending time together. The Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 falls upon them on the day of Pentecost and, and they're, they're empowered with the Holy Spirit. The, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak in other tongues. Uh, they, all of the, the commotion is happening. All these, these thousands of people that have descended upon Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost, they're hearing 
the disciples and hearing these them praising God in their own languages and wondering what in the world is going on. And so in that moment, Peter stands up and he preaches to them and he, he tells them about Jesus. And it says that about 3,000 people that day came to faith in Christ and were baptized in water. And so what happens after the, the, the 3,000 uh, come to faith in Christ? Now they're baby Christians. Now now they, I mean, they, they didn't have, you know, Peter couldn't say, okay, hey guys, if you line up over here, you know, John's just written this gospel and John's going to hand out copies of his gospel to you as you walk by and take this home and, and read it and you'll learn about the new faith in Christ. No, they didn't have that. John hadn't written his gospel yet. They, the, the gospels hadn't been written yet. The, the New Testament hadn't been written yet. Paul hasn't been saved yet and he couldn't write any of the New Testament. So they didn't have anything to hand out to him. And so the only way that they could then teach them about Jesus is to spend time with them and so then we see what happens at the end of Acts chapter 2 if you look at that the last uh, six or seven verses of it starting in verse 42 it says this it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer and everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles all the believers were together and had everything in common Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Everyone, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a beautiful picture here of the early church, of these new believers and, and beginning to grow in their faith. And as you read through that passage, uh, you, you may have noticed and, or read it later on, and you can, you can look through there, but there are several references there that talk about the meeting together. There are other words, and they're used to talking about them being in, in groups and being together. There's words like themselves, everyone, all the believers were together, there, they, Words like that indicating that they were plural. There were more than one person there, that they were gathered together, regularly meeting together. Now, in the, in the natural, you could understand why, because, again, they, they didn't have books that they could send them home with, and so the only way that they could teach them is for them to, to stay and to gather together. There was also the danger because, you know, Jesus had just been crucified, these new believers, the, the church leaders still did, didn't like uh, the Jesus followers, they, they didn't like Jesus, they didn't like his followers, they, they thought he was a heretic, and so their followers, they're, they're her heretics as well, and so they didn't want to have anything to do with him, and so that it was dangerous for you to be a Christ follower during that time. And so in order for them to grow in their faith, they were going to have to meet together regularly. They're going to have to listen to the apostles' teaching, and that's what they did. We see it throughout the New Testament, not just here, but all throughout the New Testament, that there are so many references to believers gathering together, meeting together. In fact, there are about 100 references in the New Testament that say one another. We see verses talking about pray for one another, bear with one another, encourage one another, and so many others throughout the New Testament. The New Testament church is one that meets together and is concerned with the well-being of one another. Evidently, later on, as we get through the New Testament, later on, some of the believers had, had maybe got to the point where meeting together wasn't as, as much of a priority as it once was. 
Maybe there were some that thought, you know, hey, you know, I, I'm busy. I, I got to go to work. I, I got to get out in the fields and work. I don't have time to get together with other believers. I, I don't have time to do that anymore. And, and you know, really, it's really, it's, a, it's, it's just between me and God. You know, I don't have to, to get together Get, get together with them, you know, we've got stuff to do, and it's not really that important anyway, because my faith is private, and maybe they're starting to have some of those thoughts that, that many people even today have, but we get to the, the book of Hebrews in chapter 10, and the writer of Hebrews seems to address that thought and says this, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, the writer says, don't give up meeting together. Don't give that up. Don't, don't stop getting together. Don't stop gathering together. Don't, don't give up doing that. And in fact, he goes on to say and says, and you should meet all the more as you see the day approaching. What is that, the day that's approaching? What is he talking about? He's talking about the return of Christ. He says, guys, as we get closer to the return of the Lord, don't just stop meeting together, but you should meet together even more. I mean, getting together, it should be even more important for you to gather together as we get closer to the return of the Lord. So we see through Scripture that, that it shows that God never intended for man to be alone and that, that, that even from the very early uh, beginnings of the church, that the church gathered together regularly. And, and, but, you know, why is that so important? Why is it so important for us to get together? You might think, you know, I just don't get why it would be so important for me to gather regularly with other believers. Why, why should I go to church? Why do I need to do that? Why is it so important for me to be part of a local church? Well, let's talk about that. Why is it so important for us to connect with others? I mean, most people want to know, what's in it for me? Right? I mean, you want to know the why before you decide whether or not it's important for you to do it so why why should we gather together and I don't want to give you the mom or the dad answer and just say because I told you so but there's a couple of reasons why it is so important for us to gather together one of those reasons is so that we can grow in our understanding of God's word together as we saw in Acts chapter 2, the early church met together to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. When you meet together with other believers, you have the opportunity to ask questions, to listen to the experience of others. I mean, when you get into a room with other believers, you get, you get the collective wisdom, the collective experiences of all those people gathering together. Right here in this room, I mean, there are so many people gathered together there are so many experiences that we have all experienced and so we come together and there is a lot of experience in this room and so when you get together with other believers you get to to you have access to that experience you get to to hear maybe from somebody to tell you how a, a scripture how a verse how how they how it applied to their life and how they trusted on that word. They stood on that word. They depended on that word. How that word spoke to them and helped them to get through a situation in their life. And that may be the very thing that helps you get through the situation you're going through right now. We see it in Sunday school all the time. You, you go to Sunday school and, and, and they're, they're, they're being taught and somebody says, you know, hey, that, that verse, that reminds me of this verse. And, you know, I was going through this. I was struggling with this issue in my life. And, you know, this verse that, that you're talking about, that is the verse that I held on to. And, and that's the verse that carried me through.
through. Also, when you connect with other believers regularly. Perhaps the one that God is going to use to help, you are the one that God is going to use to help someone else. When we meet together, we have the opportunity to help one another. The writer Proverbs 27 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So when we get together, it, we get to grow in our understanding of God's Word together. Secondly, it's an opportunity when we get together, when we connect with one another, it's an opportunity to be ministered to. To be ministered to. How many have ever had a need before? Yeah, every single one of us, we have had needs before, and there are times when we need help. We need wisdom. Maybe we need a practical help. And so the opportunity when we gather together, there's an opportunity for us to be ministered to. It's hard for someone to help you through a situation in your life if you choose to go through it by yourself. Let me say that again. It's hard for you, it's hard for someone to help you through a situation in your life if you choose to go through it by yourself. I see a lot of people, they're facing tough situations, but instead of get connecting with the body of Christ, instead of coming as the body of Christ and, and coming and, and, and growing with one another, instead of doing that, they stand back and then when they go through the tough times of life, they're going through it all alone. It reminds me of a, at our last church, there was a, a woman in the church and I was talking with her one time. She was going through a tough situation and, and she said, you know, nobody at, nobody at church, that nobody's called me, nobody's, I mean, you have, but nobody at this church is, they don't care about me and everything. I said, hold on a second. I said, do you come to Sunday school? No. When on, on Sunday mornings, do you get here before the service or do you wait until music is, is going on and you, you come at, at, during worship? She said, oh, worship's usually going on by the time we get here. And okay, I said, when service is over, do you stand around and do you, do you talk with people or do you, do you leave pretty quickly after service is over? You know, we, we usually leave pretty quick. Okay. Uh, Sunday nights, do you come? Sun no, we don't come Sunday nights. On Wednesday nights, do you come? No, we don't come come Wednesdays. And by that point, she was she was going. Uh, I see where you're going with this. I said, Wendy. I said, the reason nobody calls you, the reason nobody is has reached out to you, is because nobody knows you. Nobody knows you. They 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 see you sometimes during service from across the room but they've never had an opportunity to talk to you. You've never talked to them. They don't know, you're just a face. They don't know who you are. He said, how are they supposed to reach out to you? How are they supposed to know to call you when they don't even know you? You see, we, we, if, if we want to be ministered to, we have to, we have to choose to connect with others in the body of Christ. Now listen to me very closely on this. If you choose to only come to church every couple of months, when you find yourself going through a tough time in your life, please don't say, no one at that church cares about me if they don't reach out to you. Because the truth is, 
is because when you don't initiate, when you don't take the time to connect with others in the body of Christ, when you're going through the tough times of life, it's not that the church doesn't care. It's just they don't know you. They have no idea who you are. They have no idea what your life is like. They have no idea that, that you're going through a tough time in your life because you have chosen to distance yourself from the body of Christ. Part of being connected with one another is an opportunity for you to be ministered <coughs> to. And that leads into the last one. It gives you an opportunity to minister to others. When you connect with others in the body of Christ, it gives you the opportunity to do the ministering to other people. Did you know that you are a minister? If you're a Christian, you have been called into the ministry. We'll talk more about that in a few weeks. Every week, this church is filled with people who are going through things. They're battling addictions, battling sin, sickness, financial issues, marriage problems, and, and, and so many other things. They need someone to minister to them. And guess what? God has gifted and equipped you to be able to minister to them. You are the one that God wants to use. But if you don't show up, you may miss your opportunity to minister to someone who's hurting. What if someone comes to church next week, they're hurting, and you are the perfect one to be able to minister to them, but you don't show up. You wake up next Sunday morning, you go, well, I am really, I had a, a rough week this week, and you know, I'm really tired, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to stay at home. And what if that was your opportunity to minister to someone, but you you chose not to come and gather together with the body that day. Bottom line is, is that we need to meet together regularly so that we can either be ministered to or that we can minister to someone else. See, we're part of the body of Christ and, and, and sometimes you're the one that has the need to be ministered to and other times you're the one that God has equipped to minister to the needs of someone else so real quickly as we finish up some ways that that here that, that some opportunities that we give you to connect together here at spring river one is right here you're at it if you want to connect with the body come to church now i know i said earlier that the church is the is it's not the building but it's the people but you know what i'm saying come to church gather together regularly if you're going to connect with one another if you're going to get to know people in the body of christ if you're going to build friendships and build relationships so that when you're going through the tough times of life that people will know who you are people will be able to pray for you you'll feel comfortable enough to say hey can you pray for me hey could you help me through this if you want to have that kind of a relationship you've got to gather regularly you can't just show up once every six months you have to do it regularly. And so, come to church regularly. Sunday morning, if we have Sunday night, come Sunday night, Wednesday night. Remember that the writer of Hebrews said that we should gather all the more as we get closer to the day of Christ's return. 
So we have that. So then also we have Sunday school and we have our Wednesday night Bible study. Those are oppor- great opportunities for you to, to even get closer because they're smaller groups of people. There's a smaller group of people. It, it can be harder in, on a Sunday morning in a group like this. It's, it's hard. I know that we do the handshake thing at the beginning of service, but, uh, and we don't have a whole lot of time to talk during that. And, but, uh, but in smaller groups, you're able, to, you're able to talk more. You're able to ask questions. You're, you're able to get to know people in smaller groups. So Sunday school is a great place to do that. Uh, Wednesday night Bible study, that's a great place to do that. ministry groups anytime that you are able to to get involved in serving somewhere in a group of people I mean the worship team here I know that that the worship team that that, uh, they they because they have spent a lot of time together practicing and worshiping together that that they have relationships they have built relationships over that time serving together Uh, any other opportunities that that you have to serve together and minister together that's a great opportunity to build those those relationships and then lastly any fellowship type things that we have i mean today after the service we have the a dinner and it is a great opportunity for you to stay for a little while eat some good food and get to know people and talk with people and hang out with people or if any other dinners we have, we'll have a Christmas dinner coming up. If we have picnics or movie nights or any of those types of fellowship things, great opportunity for you to gather together to get to know people. And so though we build those in there to help you, help you get to know people. So, I mean, when we have those things, some people are like, eh, I'm not going to go to that because that's no big. But it's an opportunity for you to get to know people and people, get, people to get to know you. But connecting with one another is part of becoming a growing disciple. It's not really an optional thing. It's, it's part of being a disciple. And so let me ask you a question as we close. Are you connecting with other believers in this church? And if not, what do you need to do to start doing that? What could you do What do you need to begin doing to connect better with others in this church? You can stay for lunch today. That's a great place to start. Maybe it's, yeah, I need to go to church more often. Or maybe it's, yeah, I need to to start coming on Sunday nights or or Wednesday nights. I I need to start doing, or I I need to start going to Sunday school. That's what I need to do. I need to start doing that. Let me encourage you to start. I mean, that's the hardest part of anything is just starting. So let me encourage you, as the Holy Spirit speaks to you today and maybe is revealing to you, yeah, I don't really know that many people here. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, show up very often. Yeah, I don't make an effort to, to, to talk to people. I, I don't make it. Whatever the Holy Spirit is revealing to you today to begin doing, begin doing it. Begin doing it. So let me pray over you today. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given us to be part of your church body. It's a church body that you have purchased, not with gold or silver, but 
you purchased with your own blood that you shed for us on the cross. And that for those that have put their faith and trust in you and, and began following after you, that, that your word tells us that we are now sons and daughters of you. We are family. And one of the things that we have seen in Scripture is that the early church gathered together. They met together. They, they spent time together. And I know that, Lord, that that is, that is what you've called us to as being the body of Christ is for us to not just connect with you, but to also connect with one another. Because we understand that, as you told Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. It's not good uh, spiritually. It's, got, it's not good mentally, emotionally, or even physically. But that you have built into the body of Christ, you have built into it that we're to gather together that we're not to, to try to go through life all alone, but that we are as believers to gather together regularly, to build friendships, so that when we're going through the tough times of life, that we have people that can pray for us, people that can help us through the tough times of life. And then there are those times that we get to be the ones to pray for others. We get to be the ones to give or to serve and to, to do what is needed to help others who are going through tough times. But it all happens because of the relationships, the friendships that we've built by connecting together, by, by helping to accomplish the second great commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. So Lord, I pray would you help us. Help us, Lord, to grow together. Help us to grow in friendships. Help us to grow as, as Spring River Assembly to grow together that uh, that we are are uh, the the church body that is close that loves one another hangs out together eats together spends time together studies your word together that that we do those things together so that we can fully mature as believers lord i thank you i praise you for it in jesus name amen